Don't worry about blowing that. Sorry. You I can blow smoke at me. I don't it means you either want to fight me or kiss me, and I don't think you're a fighting guy. Uh, I don't want to do either, but... Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather kiss you. Early rises, take flight. It's another day for love and light. Hey, positivity, be your guide and inspiration. Life is... All right, hello, Brew Trails listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to episode number three. Man, this was a tough one to try to get out there. A couple of things pushing against me, and it is a day late, so I'm sorry about that. I usually try to get them every other Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, everything from my truck having to be in the shop for a couple of days to, as you can probably tell, I'm fighting something off, some kind of couple of day flu, something there. But uh, but we did it. We got it out there. So awesome. And a good show it is. We are talking um, this episode with Ryan Barak of Historic Brewing Company about barrels. And so we sat down with him at Snowbowl uh, after he got done with a day on the slopes and talked about everything from you know what's best to go into barrels what he likes to do with the barrels um, some of the different organisms that are in the barrels from wild yeasts to types of bacteria that can get in and infect in a good way your barrel so we just talked about barrels and just kind of hung out on a beautiful sunny day uh, we ramble a little bit at the beginning about the beers we're drinking and different hops and hops we like and hops we want so that's kind of cool little intro rambling there and then we get into the good stuff but uh, music that you're hearing for this episode really psyched to have summit dub squad uh, flagstaff staple here and so they supplied us with the music for today so for their upcoming shows and different events for them and basically everything you need to know about podcast number three go to the show notes at brewtrails.podbean.com where you can click on all the links of all the stuff we talk about so let's get right into it and enjoy cheers Sweet. How you doing? Just got off the mountain? Yeah. It feels so good to get those boots off, man. <laughs> didn't fall? No, not, not, I didn't. This, not this time, not no. this run. <laughs> no falls. So Actually, I'm, Devin, I fell once today, like on the hill, and then my one fall on the uh, getting off the lift. Oh, getting off the lift, yeah. yeah. That's always the hardest part. Cool, glad you got that last run in. Me too. It's always, oh God, it's always important. It. He's alive. Oh, I was just texting you. Okay. <laughs> How did it go? Words, man. I didn't. It went good, yeah. You got off a of midway? Didn't knock anyone over? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. I was really satisfied with my results today. Oh. You, gotta, you gotta tell me what that one is. That's a true yeah, test. That's a- Pie hole. <laughs> it is a pie I can tell hole. just by looking at it. No, You're like, crap. I feel it. I feel it close <laughs> to me. Smell it. <laughs> we have I, I got something they call like five rings right here. Oh, five some rings. Who's that? I don't know. It's a hack brewery. Oh. Huh? It's a hack oh, brewery. Oh, that's yours. <laughs> they just throw some weird <laughs> stuff in there. Come well, on, get your own. I got mine right here. Is it five rings? Yeah, it's it? five rings. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Grassy citrus. Was, uh, 
tower station. Yeah. Well, I got a big one because I thought you would citrus. stay away for another 20 minutes. Yeah, right. We were a little worried. Yeah, yeah, we can we can face the same way. Or I can be in the sun. I got sunglasses. Hey, whatever's good for you, man. I want to make you comfortable. That's my job as the interviewer is to make you comfortable. That's the struggle right now with this hammy. <laughs> I ain't massaging your leg, dude. Uh, this is really good. Not on film. That's delicious, though. Do you like it? Yeah. It's El Dorado. Oh, it's all El Dorado. Oh, oh Ryan was saying. It's an ode to the Olympic marathon uh, trials guys. Oh. And El Dorado means the golden one, so we're like, go get gold, you know, here's your single hop IPA. So, yeah. I got, I'm getting some lemon drop. I'm getting 144 pound box. Yeah. Lemon drop. Nice. It's like $12 a pound or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Who, how are you, are you just spot ordering from? Yeah, it's from Who some you guys company I never ordered from before. But they offer really? like, stuff for home brewers and stuff. At those sizes, though? Well, yeah, for $12 they'll, they'll do a, some varieties. They have, like, 44-pound boxes. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. If I could, like... And so, blah, 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 on and No, no, no. If, you, if you're going to spot hop from someone just randomly, that's not a bad price. Oh, like yeah. That, I but, uh... Let's like get into the, get the real meat and potatoes of the interview like and start talking pound? about finally barrels. Right? Oh questions? Uh, so, uh, no, you said you didn't want questions, right? You want this off the cuff? Yes, let's do this. Let's do it, just ram it. Yes, it's beautiful. Random. All right, so who are you, uh, who do you brew for, and what are you doing here today? I'm Ryan Burak. It's B-U-R-A-C. I come from uh, Mars, or Wisconsin, too, sometimes. I say that. And I brew for a historic brewing company here in Flagstaff, Arizona. Sweet. All right. So that was one of my one of my questions was going to be the uh, the pronunciation of your name, but uh, it's Brack. It is. Well, Brack. Yeah. Originally, it was Burcheski, Polish. Whoa. And uh, my grandpa had shortened it. This was before, right before I was born. He had shortened it for uh, reasons that probably related to mafia ties. Oh. Yeah. He was a badass. Holy um, <laughs> We're starting this podcast. Yeah, it was pretty right. cool, man. Yeah, he used to like bring home like trunkfuls of fishing lures and fur coats for women, Ataris. We got an Atari when I was real little. Nice. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people were changing, shortening their names back in the day to make it easier to pronounce, but um, that could have been part of it, but we're. <laughs> <laughs> Our family thinks it's probably mafia related. Oh my god! So, Burcheski, Burcheski, Burcheski to Burak, Burak, Burak with an AC. Cool. AC. Right on. Cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast on Brew Trails. Why? Thank you for having me. <laughs> it was it was a struggle to get you on here. <laughs> it was like it was rugged. I mean, well, uh, you had all those problems with your vehicle breaking oh. down and. Yeah. That's always a pain. Yeah, we were supposed to do the interview at the historic uh, brewery. Would have been uh, been cool to be around the barrels, which we'll talk about today. But uh, instead, we got a gorgeous day out on the slopes. So you were uh, you were hitting the you were on the sticks today, right? Yeah, third time in my life. <laughs> Pulled a hammy. Uh, but I'm sure I'll make a full recovery, and I'll I hope probably so. be back here next week. Is that going to affect your brewing abilities? Uh, probably. I'm probably just not going to go into work this week. Mm, that's smart. You yeah. know, you gotta you gotta be recover. Sick. You know, <laughs> recovery. Just I don't want to make it worse, and then I could be out for a month. Yeah. or something. That's very responsible of you. Right. I'm sure Kristen uh, would appreciate that. Yep. <laughs>
<laughs> so just do a couple couple exercises, and I should be good to go in no yeah. time. Maybe come in for morale, though. Yeah, yeah, just for support. <laughs> yeah. we got a good team over there. You do have a good team over there. So let's talk about that. Who is the team? Or you're from, you're at Historic Brewing Company. Yep. Um, right now you are. Uh, I'd like to talk about a little bit of your history. Um, but uh, who's the team over there right now? Who's the rock stars? What do you um, well, I started from the beginning, and then uh, we hired Zach Stoll, our assistant brewer. He started um, about a year and a half into the whole project. And then, um, and then we have Kristen Ewers, who just started... Uh, in October, I think it was. So she came from Dogfish Head in Delaware. And so, yeah, we got a well-rounded team. She's got a good um, like chemistry background behind her. Um, and then a little bit of experience with the barrel aging at Dogfish Head. So um, we're really excited to keep pushing that forward, the barrel aging, and uh, see what we can come up with and pull a few tricks out of our sleeves for all the <laughs> consumers of Arizona craft beer. That's awesome, and that's that's exactly why I wanted to talk to you because I wanted to do a podcast about barrels and barrel aging, and, and you were the absolute first thing that came to my mind, um, along with being, I think, a friend as well. So that's good. Yeah, shout-outs to, uh, to Kristen right and now. Zach. Yeah, hug it up. We're hugging. <laughs> um, our hands are hugging something. What are, what are we drinking right now? So every time on Brew Trails doing an interview, I definitely want to be drinking a, a good craft beer. So I thought this was kind of interesting what we just did. We're up at Snowball, uh, the ski resort here, and we both have beers on tap. And so I thought it'd be cool. I am drinking Historics. What? Number? Did you guys do something like seventy percent of your sales? Uh, or something last on year this? it was a good sixty percent. Sixty percent. Yeah. Yeah. Pie hole porter. Uh, this is, you know, when when breweries end up perfect perfecting a beer, like that's what happens in pie hole porter. If anyone's in Arizona, you know this is this is an absolutely delicious, delicious beer, and so I. I'm holding that in my hand, and then I wanted to switch it up. So I'm, I've got a historic brew in my hand. And then Ryan, what are you drinking right now? This is your new beverage <laughs> that you just put on. That's right. With, uh, is it the Azaka hops? Uh, no, this is a single hop Eldorado. Eldorado, that's what it is. Yes. Um, five rings. Five rings. So this is and Ryan's first taste of the Five Rings IPA. Um, going, going, gone. <laughs> Good I'm almost done. I'm going to need another one pretty soon. Yeah, I should have gotten a large. What was I thinking? We got two brewers <laughs> talking here. Like pitcher. So, this is delicious. Super oh, thank tasty. you. Nice thing. Yeah, that Eldorado hop is awesome. It's very orangey. Um, we did a we did a crap ton of it, and we. Uh, we threw a bunch in the dry hop. A metric and, crap ton? Um, well, no, we keep it U.S., yo. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it, was, it was between a metric and a U.S. ton. So somewhere in there. So. Wow, you make up your own weights. That's right. It's called a dark sky ton. Yeah. <laughs> it means, hey, do you want to measure this? No, no, ain't nobody got time for that. We just throw it in. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody got time for that. So that was cool. So I'm drinking a historic beer, and he's drinking a dark sky beer, and uh, both I hope are delicious. I know the pie hole is um, cool. So I so you came to you were right off the bat with historic, right? Yep. Right off the bat. Now I want to a little bit dig into to your beginnings, but not too much because I really want to talk about barrels. Like that's I think I mean of of all of Flagstaff, like you guys are the barrel people. Like there's no doubting that at all. Of seven different breweries in our town. 
you guys have the program that people are, are, are looking at and, right. and wanting to, to go at. But let's just talk a little bit because I don't know. I, I'm interested. Did you do barrels at, at Big Sky or Santan? Um, no, I didn't. We had a couple barrels. They were uh, mostly whiskey, um, bourbon barrels over at Big Sky. And I didn't, that was more of the seller guys were doing um, all the barrel agent stuff. And it was rare. It was, it was very small. It was for their, their one release a year. Oh. So, um, but I got to, like, learn a little bit about it from there. But they weren't using any anything uh, wild and crazy bugs, no Britannomyces or anything. Um, they might be these days. I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they had a, a sizable barrel program there. But strictly one, maybe two beers. And that's it. Um, here at Historic, we have quite a variety of different styles. And uh, even we like to take a batch, let's say we ferment it in our stainless steel fermentation vessels. We um, will put it in the barrels and maybe put it in some Chardonnay barrels or some red wine. Most of our barrels are all red wine barrels. So we like to split it up a little bit. Some might have had Britannomyces in it before. Some might be fresh. Um, so that we can kind of do different things with it and really see um, the character of each particular barrel. And then what we'll do is we'll um, sample them and decide if one should be blended with another one. So it's kind of fun. It's interesting, and it makes for really unique one-off products that would be really difficult to replicate. Uh, But that's what makes it so special is that they're very unique and one-off. That's awesome. I mean, I think you, like... In a way, answered a bunch of my questions. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Um, well, thanks for having so, me. Okay, yeah. So, uh, See ya. yeah, good. Enjoy. Cheers. See you. <laughs> I want. <laughs> Bye. Bye, <laughs> um, but if we can come back and take a, take it one step back um, on that, um, you you talked about the different bugs, and so our audience, you know, I, I feel like is. Is going to be super interested in in kind of the 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 and what by bugs we don't mean like beetles and like tarantulas and shit like oh, that. Oh, use those too. Well, the, uh, yes, absolutely. I, I hear your uh, your judge Judy Brown has like eight eight black uh, widows, eight black widows per yeah. pint. Yep, yeah, exactly. yeah, something like that. So so that aside, though, bugs we're talking about are going to be bacteria and wild yeast. Yep. Um, so. I want to dig in here. Do you mind, like, just digging into the science a little bit? Sure. Cool. Okay, so let's start with the barrel. Um, what are barrels that are, well, I mean, going back, like, a thousand years, like, this was the way that people stored beer anyway. Exactly. Right? Right, right. Before stainless steel, like, it was just barrels. Sure. And so it was it was chaos. I mean, it really, I think um, Stephen Gonzalez has a quote saying that, that there's something about like once you put beer into a barrel, you have to accept the chaos of it, and because these bugs are in those barrels. Sure. And yeah. so, what what is a barrel made of? Like what what makes up a barrel? Let's go real basic for our for our craft beer listeners. What what is a barrel? All different kinds of um, hardwoods. Oak is the most common, um, and but that then it comes from oak all over the world as well. Um, but yeah, there's you can use. Uh, just a variety of different ones that'll, you know, sh- show a different character, a specific character. Um, sometimes, like the the whiskey barrels, which are, are typically all oak, um, 
will be charred on the inside to give it like a unique character as well. And then from the little bit of the bourbon that's left over there can really um, add some depth to the product as well, depending on what you're going for. But um, yeah, the woods come from all over the world. American oaks um, tend to be uh, give you really that earthy, woodsy character to it. Can be strong. Um, and what do you mean by, by strong? You mean uh, just the, the the wood flavors coming out in the product, especially if it's a a new barrel, um, it could definitely lead to um, maybe overpowering sort of woodsy flavors to it. Um, when you talk about wood, I mean. It's given more of a, I like to think of it more of as an earthy character to it, Re, depending on what barrel it is, you know what I mean, it's going to give uh, a unique oaky character to it, earthy oaky character to it. Cool. Um, so yeah, then we, you know, our barrels consist of French um, and then Hungarian, uh, which tend to be more lighter in their um, depth of flavors and everything. Um, and then they're commonly used in a lot of like white wines and because of that because it's so more mild you don't want to pull the flavor out you use a Hungarian oak yeah you know we take whatever we can get too. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but we try <laughs> oh, to like that. do it per batch like um, you, you say we got like 20 Hungarian oak barrels we'll try to like um, maybe put most of one batch into there to keep them kind of consistent but like I said before we'll kind of switch it up um, as well sometimes and like if we do we just got a shipment of some Chardonnay barrels in too or like well let's try something different you know what I mean and like switch or split the batch up between two different varieties of oak you know what I mean Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So I, I've heard of American oak, you know, like it's like probably, would you agree like American oak is the biggest that people are, are using? No. No? Um, it's more imported woods. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. So American oak is like a tag to say like it's a little bit special. Um, yeah, well, it's usually more expensive too. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I don't know why. Maybe because of it's a little bit more limited compared to abundant sources overseas. I'm yeah. not quite sure about we that. We could talk about how the U.S. has destroyed something like 90 percent of our forests. Yeah, <laughs> we'd have to talk to a forestry expert about that one. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, so the wood's um, important. It is, and you know, getting them brand new too. Like all of our barrels have been uh, utilized by a winery before for their products. Um, so we don't have any new barrels coming into house. Um, it's kind of nice because we're gaining a little bit of the character from the wine that was in there previously. And um, and potentially any bugs that might be in there, such as Britannomyces, um, that might, you know, or Pediococcus that might be living in there too, which is a little scary, but it, that's what gives it its interesting result. Um, now, sometimes we choose to add those bugs to the barrels because the barrels itself, being porous, um, is a good kind of harboring spot for these bacterias and wild wild yeast, and um, and that they can thrive in the barrel for the, the second and the third and the fourth fill and give a unique character, so on and so on and so on. Um, so sometimes we purposely do that, infect the barrels. It kind of sounds... Um, bad when you say infecting <laughs> yeah. a barrel and calling it bugs, like you said. But um, so, do you do you have a specific? Um, what are you infecting them with? Usually, is it lacto or pedio or um, maybe we, a combination? We we 
It depends. Pedio, Pediococcus, we, um, we put into one of our barrels back in the day when we got a culture mix of Britannomyces lacto and Pedio. And I uh, kind of wish we didn't do that. Um, and, you know, from other people in the industry as well. Some people will not even introduce these bugs into their their brewery when they're especially a production brewery uh, due to cross-contamination issues um, but and pedio is supposed to be the one that's like really difficult to clean out of there um, so we kept that limited and we brought it in and uh, and we plan on kind of keeping that particular bug out for the time being but Britannomyces um, we use Lambicus and uh, Bruxellensis, two different kinds, um, and then we use a variety of uh, Lactobacillus for our sour beers. Um, Brevis, in particular, is our uh, most common one, and uh, most of our souring is done in the kettle. Sometimes uh, they've been done in the stainless and uh, occasionally in a barrel as well. Mm. So you you have soured in, in the in the so. I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole of this or anything, but but yeah, so kettle souring. Um, you guys have done kettle souring, which is basically putting in the, I, the word infection is terrible, but putting in the bugs or the infection into the kettle. Why, why would you put the bugs into the kettle? Um, what's, what's the advantages of doing that? Uh, you're basically... You are doing a fast sour. I don't want to call it cheating because you can get really good results oh, from souring that way. Um, and more control over it as well. Uh, where if you put it into a fermenter, it could take many, many weeks. Or in the barrels, a uh, very long time, up to a year or something to get your desired results in sourness. So in the kettle, um, it's kind of nice because you can... you you basically make your wort which is all the sugars and carbohydrates from the grain and we can raise it to a certain temperature in our kettle because it's steam jacketed and temperature controlled so we can leave it at that particular area that the lacto likes to thrive in and uh, which is about um, for ours about 108 degrees to 115 degrees and we slowly circulate it in a whirlpool motion while adding uh, <coughs> CO2 on top of it to prevent any aerobic bacteria to contaminate the whole batch. Such as? Um, Acetobacter yeah. is definitely the, the most common one that will take place. But, you know, commonly um, in the old traditional way of German brewing, they would sour in the mash tun with all the grain and let it steep there for, say, 24 hours to 48 hours. And until the natural lactobacillus on the grain will bring that pH down and sour it, basically, um, to a real acidic level. Um, here in the, in the kettle, we're having more control out of, out of it and, and reducing the risk of those spoilage organisms. Um, and after that, we can choose to hop it as high as we want. Lactobacillus, in particular, has uh, it's not very hop tolerant, so anything after, like, Seven IBUs is, could potentially um, keep the lacto from thriving and doing their job. So we, um, you keep it low, and we add the lactobacillus uh, before we um, hop it. So we can, after it's soured for a day or two, 
we'll boil it to sterilize it, so it'll kill the lactobacillus at there that point. Yeah. Um, which, if you don't want in your fermentation vessels or in Usually your heat exchanger, <laughs> yeah, then you can you can kill it right there. Um, and it, like I said, lactobacillus doesn't frighten me. I, I think as long as you're you have good sanitary standards, you should be able to uh, wipe it out with a good cleaning regimen. But uh, yeah, kettle sours are more predictable. Um, more control over them, they're quicker, and uh, they produce good results. So that seems to be the way to go in the craft beer community these days for people who um, can't tie up a tank for, you know, uh, two months to get the beer to sour. They can do a quick sour in the kettle and produce uh, very similar styles to the traditional um, style of German sour beers. But that's not a replacement but it's, a, it's just an alternative way to do it, yeah. and uh, and you can sleep easy at night <laughs> knowing that acetobacter probably won't take hold. Yeah, yeah, which you don't want. In Evil. <laughs> Evil. The vinegar boy. Yeah. <laughs> Hey craft beer lovers, this is Amanda, the social media guru here at DSC with your list of upcoming events. AZ Beer Week is February 11th through 20th, which means Arizona Beer Week is now officially upon us. And there are so many great events going on throughout the state, from the Strong Beer Festival in Phoenix this Saturday to the much-anticipated release of the Flagstaff 7, which is an imperial brown ale brewed with molasses. It's also a collaboration beer involving all seven of the awesome Flagstaff breweries. To many beer-pairing dinners throughout the state, many tap takeovers, and really so much more. For a full list of events, check out ArizonaBeerWeek.com or... For events exclusive to Dark Sky and Northern Arizona, go to this episode's show notes at brewtrails.podbean.com. Here are some of the major upcoming Beer Week events at Dark Sky. On Thursday and Saturday, come check out some of the amazing films that are a part of the Flagstaff Mountain Film Festival, and as a beer sponsor, we will also be pouring our beer at the Flag Bike Revolution film screenings. For more information, you can go to flagstaffmountainfilms.org. Want to cheer on the 20-plus Flagstaff-based marathon runners that are going for their Olympic dreams? Well, come to the brewery on Saturday, February 13th at 11 a.m. and watch them race uh, in the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials on our big screen while also enjoying a tasty glass of our new Five Rings IPA. And tickets are still available for our Beer Loves Wine food pairing dinner. The dinner is on Monday, February 15th, and it's with the future Flagstaff restaurant, Shift. You can purchase tickets and find out more information uh, on the show notes link at brewtrails.podbean.com. The ABV Dinner, or Arizona Breweries for Veterans Dinner, is February 20th, 
and all seven of the Flagstaff breweries will be in attendance. Each brewery will be bringing a specialty beer, which will be paired with a course from a restaurant around town. It's going to be an amazing dinner. Uh, restaurants such as Pizza Cleta, Copa Cafe, Tinderbox, and so many more will be there with their delicious food. So to get tickets, you can click on the show notes um, or you can uh, click on our link on our Facebook page. And as always, follow us on Facebook for an always up-to-date and changing list of upcoming brewery events, plus tons of rad pictures of our Dark Sky Brew Crew doing what they do, which, to be honest, no one really knows what they do, but they do make pretty amazing beer. Cheers, guys! So, so then, so you've got your sour. So, let's talk about kind of you guys is um, a barrel program, which which you've built from from pretty much the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so, definitely, I want to mention like historic brewing company has ties. Um, the owners uh, also own a, a winery. Yep. And so, your ability to pull uh, pull barrels is is awesome. And, yeah. And very jealousy uh, invoking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm super grateful. <laughs> it's awesome. That. You look at your walk-in and, and you've got these barrels. And so what have you, so you came in there to Historic right off the bat and, and you started this barrel program. Yep. You, you got it going. So uh, one question I have for you is is what excites you about about growing a barrel program like what what has been some like really exciting points about doing that well you know it, honestly it's been a huge challenge ever since the beginning because we are a production brewery so we're trying to keep up with our mainstay beers yeah. and uh, typically you know we like to ferment our beers clean with our house yeast in the fermenters and then send it to the barrels, uh, maybe filter it for sometimes we don't, depending on what our goal is, uh, and then let it sit in the barrel for so long. And being a new startup brewery, the demanding schedule to have the beers released in a timely manner, um, you know, kind of... It's just tough to balance out wanting to be a barrel, like known for barrel aging and stuff like that, um, and then known for our, getting our production beers out on time. So we were fortunate, you know, during slow times to really uh, brew a batch and then barrel it out real quick and then kind of set it aside in the barrels to let it do its thing, maybe add some Britannomyces to it. Um, 
And but now, you know that we just we actually just purchased a three barrel system from Mother Road, mm-hmm. and their little pilot system. Um, that's going to give us the ability to do a lot more barrel stuff, and we're super excited nice. about that. Um, there's already a bunch of different uh, recipes in the works for that, Ooh. and um, and then Kristen, our new brewer there, she's been um, really uh, focal point on on uh, nailing the barrel program and getting it down and. Nice. And so, the, as we Zach and myself kind of continue to grow uh, the production side of things, uh, Kristen will continue to uh, grow the barrel side of things. But we're all in it together. We're all, you know, combining ideas and and uh, coming up with new, unique, crazy ideas every single day. Every, every day. Every day. Every day. I'm looking at uh, empty cups. Um, do you want to keep this going, or do you want to get another brew? I could use another brew. Okay, we're going to take a pause. Uh, I wish I had sponsors to say, like, now a word from our sponsor, but, uh, hey, that's all right. Someday that's right. soon. You guys go get a beer, too. Yeah, exactly. Go to your fridge, pop open a craft beer. Hopefully not Shock Top or anything like that. Better be a Stork and, uh, or Dark Sky. A Stork or Dark Sky beer. Better no, be. Dark Sky beer, Crowler. That's all we do. <laughs> we do Crowlers, yeah. Yeah, sweet. That's about it. We'll be right back. Get you. Alright, we're back without beer in our hands. We got cut off. Got cut off, so. Bullshit! <laughs> Damn it. Language, guys, language. Oh, can I say bullshit on here? You, yeah, I put the little red E on there. You can say what the fuck you want. Oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> no little kid should be listening to a brewery podcast anyway. That's so. true. <laughs> but we should have ordered the largest. But for the sorry, future, youngster brewers, you might be listening. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Don't take after a, Don't be vulgar. Yeah. All the seven year olds out there who are going. Yeah, right. A brewer that doesn't curse—that's—that's. <laughs> that's we hard to on find. Tuesdays we don't curse at the brewery. Oh. We have, actually, we don't talk at all. We have vow of silence day, and we brew like monks on Whoa. Tuesday. Yeah, no music, nobody talks, Whoa. and we don't swear. That is—that's crazy. Abbey monk style. We do that for five minutes in the morning. Oh, that's From nine <laughs> nine o'clock a.m. to nine o five. Oh, all right. I thought the whole day. Nope, just practice. Yeah. Just practice. Yeah. Practice your your yeah. silence. Yep. Chill out. You ain't the We're biggest thing on this planet. We're going to turn a brewery into a monastery one of these days. <laughs> Historic <Monastery>. Abbey Brewing. <laughs> Probably Shave not. your head and come in. Probably not. Much respect for that. Oh, hell yeah. The originals. We can't do that. They probably brewed in barrels. Oh, yeah. Or, well, they didn't brew in barrels, but they probably stored in barrels. Yep. So, oh, I guess that kind of leads to a question. Um, do you guys ever ferment in barrels? We've done that before, yeah, with really good results. Mm. Um it's always, we, all of our equipment that we have for our wild beer and barrel program is uh, separate hoses and pumps and Ooh. whatnot, uh, just so they don't nice. come into contact with any of our house beers. But um, yeah, we fermented in the barrels before, and uh, with a neutral, clean California ale strain and a Russian Imperial, and uh, that was one of many. It turned out just really good, clean, and really brought the flavors of the barrel and the malt character um, and the previous wine that was in there all together. Nice, uh, tidy little gift. <laughs> it was awesome. Nice. So let's go real basic. Why, why barrel-aged beers? Ah, uh, just variety of what you can come up with. And, you know, you got an idea of what you're looking for when you're going into it, but you never really know um, what the outcome could be. And, of course, potential um, dumping of the barrel is uh, always a factor, and I think uh, any brewery with a hardcore barrel program 
you know, would probably admit that they've had to dump one once in a while, yeah. um, just when things didn't go quite the way they had expected or wanted to. But, um, yeah, the wide variety of flavors that you can just uh, come up with and the uniqueness of, of it, too, are just things you cannot replicate in the stainless steel fermentation vessels. Um, yeah, it just kind of brings a whole new, new and traditional, at the same time, new and traditional um, enlightenment to the consumers and uh, even the brewers themselves, like all these new flavors they're coming oh, yeah? up with. And, and you, it could be a real prideful moment when you really nail it and you're like, man, I just, let's do it again. But you're like, you know, it's probably not going to, it's not going to be the same. It's just not going to be the same. You can get close to it and stuff and produce a pretty consistent results, you know, in some respect. But, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing just the, what is going on inside the wood and the, the wood is permeable letting air breathe through it too which those wild yeast um, could utilize to um, continue fermentation beyond what regular brewer's yeast could do and um, and then even when brewer's yeast will die out in the keg and become old they'll actually autolyze and start consuming their insides basically oh, and uh, burst and can release some nasty flavors and stuff yeah. um, it's a very common in, and it's a very common off flavor just in breweries in general but in the barrels um, old yeast cells can be consumed by the wild yeast strain Britannomyces oh, wow. and, uh, and even some uh, bacteria cultures to uh, use as food to dry them out and stuff. So sometimes we'll go into it, should we, should we filter it beforehand? Well, no, we want to leave the yeast in there as food for when we add the Britannomyces in there uh, to keep it going and then like, really dry it out, you know. So um, it's kind of interesting. It's like the cycle of life in the barrels. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just mind-blowing, really, to think you know the on a microbial level what's going on inside those barrels is fascinating and uh you know I, i'll admit i don't even have a, a complete grasp on um what's going on there. i don't think most people do you know what i mean <laughs> uh, you get an idea and like i said and you got a direction of where you're going and what you're shooting for flavor wise but uh the results are not always predictable out of your hands you know? yeah exactly yeah 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 absolutely Nice, perfectly said. Yeah, that chaos factor. You just, you just don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a return to a tradition that I mean, I can't even imagine being back in the day and having a, a brewery like you know, five hundred years ago. They, you know, producing a quote unquote consistent beer was almost, I mean, sure, impossible. Sure, absolutely. It was like, yeah, this is what it tastes like this time. This That's before like they even time. knew that it was. Uh, it was yeast that yeah. was causing fermentation. No, it was the magic paddle. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> this was my grandfather's paddle, so he passed down yes. the paddle. That That's what the... makes it taste good. <laughs> yeah. So lastly, just a last kind of science question. What, what styles do you find that either you enjoy uh, barrel aging or what do you think are the best styles to barrel age? What, what makes a good barrel aging style? Uh, it's pretty versatile. You know, I think for a lot of the darker beers... Um, stouts, Russian Imperials, Porters, uh, those go really good with bourbon barrels and whiskey, other varieties of whiskey, um, you know, scotch barrels and stuff. Mm. It's, it gives a unique kind of caramely depth to those 
those uh, already dark chocolatey beers that uh, will enlighten the senses. Um, you know, I think lighter saisons, um, you know, blondes or uh, you know, lagers typically, you know, they could do some time as well in a barrel, especially really? at a cellar temperature and everything. Oh, wow. um, and uh, you know, I think those do well in wine barrels. Uh, but you know, a lot of these old, like you were talking about before, these old breweries who used to uh, traditionally condition in wooden casks, um, which is continually refill it. It wasn't used for wine, bourbon, or any other spirit um, beforehand. But uh, like, for instance, you go to Pilsner or Quell in the Czech Republic, and underground they have miles and miles of caverns, um, and w- which is where they used to lager their beers back in the day. Very consistent lagering temperature, which would be uh, you know roughly around 48, 55 degrees, somewhere in between there. And uh, they still, to this day, utilize a good amount of wooden cask for their beer, which is completely different than the Pilsner Quell we're used to having on tap here in bottle. Um, it, it is fantastic. It's an amazing thing. And uh, and those are just uh, oak barrels, you know, that they have used for generations, generations, generations. Eventually, they're probably replaced with some fresh ones. Um, but it's a good keeping vessel, nonetheless. That's- that's cool. Lagering in caves is like really, that's really awesome. Yeah. Maybe we should, uh, I don't want to put it out there too public, but maybe we should uh, grab a barrel and throw it, in, uh, throw it in one of the caves around here. We've got those yeah. lava tubes. Yeah, we'll put, we'll age some cheese in there as well. There we go. Uh, yeah, back some to blue the... cheeses, man. <laughs> nice. Cheese yeah. Beer. Was that scoby as well or no? You don't oh, some kombucha. Yeah, we could age some kombucha in there. Probably one. Nah. <laughs> I don't know how well that would do. Cool. Well, uh, awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan, yeah. for uh, high five. High, high five. five. I wish we could cheers a beer, but we got cut off. So. I know. We'll, we'll go to the uh, bar now. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. go to the bar. Time, time yes. to head to, the, to, to the, bar. the bar to uh, grab some more beer, and uh, that's awesome. I hope everyone out there learned a lot. I'm sure you did about, about barrel aging. And if you want to know anything about barrels or barrel program and in Flagstaff, Historic is is the uh, the place to go, and Ryan's the one to talk to. And then uh, all of a sudden, Kristen comes in, and now she's going to be the one to to up the ante. And, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, it's so, exciting, good stuff. Yeah, it's exciting. Flagstaff. I mean, Flagstaff is a craft beer destination. It's starting to become one. And so let's uh, let's make barrel aging one of those things. Absolutely, yeah. It's a, it's a good time to be in the Flagstaff beer community, that's for sure. Hell yeah, it is. Lots of good stuff going on. Hell yeah. So come get a variety of uh, craft beer in. Asian barrels over at Historic. We've got uh, our little program. Dark Sky is growing, and I'm I'm sponging off of this information for our <laughs> kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, cheers, man. Thank you so cheers. much. Well, that does it for episode three of Brew Trails. Thanks again for joining us on this episode, and hopefully. Uh, learned quite a bit about barrels um, I know I did talking with Ryan uh, there at Snowball about their program and, and what goes on in a, in a barrel program and even a, a little bit there about kettle souring and, and something that not necessarily is tied in to barrels but uh, that was cool to, to get some more information on that so again thanks for joining I want to thank Ryan Barak from Stork Brewing for taking the time to sit down and enjoy a beer and talk barrels with us and hopefully we'll have even more interviews with uh, other people in the industry just like that who are experts in certain fields 
And if there's something that you guys want to want to learn about, want us to talk about, or someone you want us to interview, uh, please, please, please uh, leave a comment and tell us. You know, I want to learn about this part of the brewing process. I want to learn about these beers. Uh, what are you guys doing in town for this style of beer? Uh, I'd love to get your feedback because ultimately this show is totally for you guys. And you can do that by leaving comments either on our website or also you can actually leave a voicemail for us, which would be really rad. Uh, Leave a voicemail telling us what you'd like to see or what you like about the show or just to say whatever, say what up. And so that phone number, it goes straight to voicemail. It's a Google voice number. So 330, the number 8, and then trails, T-R-A-I-L-S. So 330-8-TRAILS. Call us up, leave us a voicemail, and maybe we'll play it on the next episode. Uh, love to hear from you guys. So another big thanks to Summit Dub Squad for the music for today. Check out where they're going to be around town. Always playing, always a fun time, fun gigs here. Uh, check out them and all the other links on our show notes page at brewtrails.podbean.com. And also share this with your with your friends uh, on your networks. Uh, we'd love to reach out to more and more people who are interested in craft beer and also outdoor adventures. Um, so we'd appreciate any kind of sharing you can do, and you can share directly from that page again, uh, brewtrails.podbean.com. All right, guys, go out and drink good craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.